Well, good morning, church. Welcome to our online service. If you're joining us for the very first time today, I want to extend a warm welcome to you. My name is Timon Benson. I'm the lead pastor here at City Reach Oakton. And we are in week two of a series called Hallowed Be Thy Name, Knowing God Through His Names. And we are doing this series because we're seeking to answer one simple question. Who is God? And what is he like? Who is God and what is he like? And one of the ways, as we said last week, that you can answer that question is you can go to the Bible and you can look up all the different parts of the Bible that speak about the character of God and you can come up with lists of the character of God. But another way you can answer the question of who is God and what is he like is by actually looking at the names of God and the names to which God gives his people so that they would know him by. And so that's what we're doing in our series. And last week, as Jason and I spoke about just before, we looked at the name Yahweh, which means that God is the ever-present one. He's the self-existent one. It was the name that God gave to his people Israel, his personal name that they would know him by through all generations. But this morning, we come to the second name of God that we are going to be studying, and this is the name Yahweh Roy in Hebrew. Uh, Now, obviously, this is a compound name. You have the name Yahweh, the personal name of God, and then you have the name Roy, which is translated shepherd, the Lord, my shepherd. Now, obviously, this name describes the type of relationship that God wants to have with his people, that he is their shepherd and they are his sheep. And the place in the Bible where this relationship is most graphically displayed and explained is Psalm 23. So if you have your Bibles this morning, or if you have your phone, why don't you open them up to Psalm 23 this morning. Now, even if you, uh, you know, are just joining us and you don't really know anything about Christianity, you've probably heard of Psalm 23 before because it's a very famous psalm. In the psalm, David, it starts out this way, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, for us, as we come to this idea of shepherding, you know, we have no real idea of what shepherding involves because we live in an urban sort of society. You know, the only sheep that I know of is like Sean the sheep on the ABC. But for the Israelites, they knew a lot about shepherding. They lived in an agrarian culture. Um, Most of the greats of the nation of Israel, from Abraham to Moses, they were shepherds. But out of all of the great shepherds in the Bible, the one that was the greatest shepherd of all was King David. King David, he grew up as a shepherd boy tending his father, Jesse's sheep. And uh, he would say to Saul before he battled Goliath that he had killed a lion and a bear. Such was his skill at shepherding. So when David says in Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, he knows what he's talking about. He had personal knowledge of being a shepherd. He, he was a shepherd himself. Now, the fact that he says, Yahweh is my shepherd, is, is not unique in one sense, because all throughout the Bible, you will find Yahweh pictured as a shepherd of the nation of Israel. But the thing that makes Psalm 23 so unique is that David inserts the personal pronoun, my. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my personal shepherd. Now, why did David need a shepherd? Why do you and I need a shepherd? Why did David need a shepherd? I mean, he was king of Israel. He had wealth. He had women. He had armies. He he had everything going for him. Why did he need a shepherd? 
Well, the reason why David needed a shepherd and the reason why you need a shepherd is because David was a sheep and you and I are sheep and sheep need a shepherd. And in particular, there are three characteristics of sheep that make sheep very vulnerable. And so they need a shepherd to lead them, to provide for them, to also protect them and and provide for them. And you and I, we have these same characteristics as sheep. We have these same characteristics as sheep. And so we need a shepherd to lead us and protect us and provide for us. So let's have a look at these three characteristics of sheep. The first characteristic of a sheep that makes it especially vulnerable is that sheep are directionless. Now, I used to grow up hearing preachers say things like this. You know, the thing about sheep is that sheep are dumb animals. I used to hear preachers say this all the time. But um, uh, they'd say things like, you know, sheep, you know, you, you, you hear of lion tamers and you hear of seal trainers, but you never hear of sheep trainers. Well, obviously, those preachers had never been to the um, great Australian wool shed in Fernie Grove in Queensland, because growing up, I, as a, uh, in primary school, I went to the great Australian wool shed, and sure enough, the sheep did pretty amazing things. They trained them to do pretty amazing things. You know, scientists say that, in fact, sheep are quite intelligent creatures. They only appear dumb because they are directionless, because they get lost easy. Because if one sheep starts going in a circle, the other sheep will follow and they'll end up walking around in circles. They end up going astray. You know, we are just like that. It's so easy for us to go astray. As Isaiah, the great prophet, once wrote, he said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us turns to his own way. I wonder this morning, if you're listening to me here this morning, I wonder if you've gone astray, if you've lost your sense of direction with the Lord. You know, when we go astray, what often happens is it leads to spiritual weariness. You know, a few weeks ago, in the midst of isolation, my daughter, Abby, she said, Dad, I want, you to show you, I want to show you something about my car. And so I went outside, and sure enough, her car had two flat tires. And because it had two flat tires, that car was going nowhere. You know, we all know what it's like to have a flat tire. But do you know what it's like to have a flat soul? To have all of the air seeped out of your soul? You know, maybe there are some of you here who are listening this morning and you're spiritually dry. The air has gone out of your soul. And you know, you've lost your passion for the Lord. You've lost your love of his word. You've lost your passion for worship. You've lost your direction and you need the Lord to restore your soul. Well, what David says the Lord will do in restoring your soul, the first thing that he will do, look down in your Bibles in verse 2, is David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now that is really surprising that David would say that the Lord in restoring our souls would make us lie down. I mean, someone who's spiritually tired or exhausted, surely they will lie down by themselves. Well, I don't know if you've had little children, but we, when our children were small, when they were toddlers and babies, they never wanted to go to sleep. They never wanted to go to bed. Have you ever seen a little kid fight sleep? You'll see their, you know, they sort of like, their eyes are, they're sort of trying to keep their eyes awake. They're just fighting sleep. Well, our kids were like that. And so we had to make them go to bed. And so we would take them, we would put them in their cots, and they would kick up such a tantrum. They would kick up such a fuss. We would close the door. And after a little while, we would hear absolute silence. And then we would go in and we would open the door. And sure enough, they would be asleep. 
Now, we weren't being mean in forcing them to go to sleep. No, no, no. They needed rest. They needed restoration. And the same is true for you. The Lord is not mean in making us lie down. No, he knows that we need restoration. He knows that we need rest. And so what he'll often do is he'll lead us through situations and circumstances which will force us to surrender control over to him again. Maybe you're going through such a situation and a circumstance where the Lord is making you lie down so that you will surrender control to him and turn back to him as your shepherd. Well, once you lie down, he says, then says, David says, then he leads me beside still waters. The word still is very important there in the Bible. You see, sheep will not drink from running water because if they're in running water, the water can soak up into their fleece and it can pull them under and they can drown. And so for sheep to drink, they must drink in still waters. You know, once you have surrendered your life back to God, God will get you in that place where you can drink again from his still waters, where your soul can be refreshed. And then as he says in verse 3, he will then lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The word righteousness right here in Hebrew is the word Sadiq. It has the idea of the right way to live. You know, there is a right way to live and there is a wrong way to live. There is a right way to run your marriage and a wrong way to run your marriage. There is a right way to run your family and a wrong way to run your family. And the Lord will lead you in the right way, the right way so that you will flourish for his name's sake. You know, whenever you want to go anywhere nowadays, we have it so simple. All you need to do is get out, open your phone and you just put uh, you know, the address that you want to go to into Maps and then Siri will direct you. She'll tell you, you know, if you press go, she'll tell you to go here and then turn left here and then go through this roundabout here and then go there. It's really quite easy. You know, in the good old days, we used to have refidexes, these books that were full of maps of the city. And if ever you wanted to go anywhere, you had to sort of plot your own course and you had to turn from map 23 over to map 223 and you had to go here and you had to go there. It was quite difficult. But nowadays, all you need to do if you want to get, go anywhere is you just need to obey the voice of Siri. <laughs> you know, the Christian life is really actually quite simple. All it's about is obeying the voice of your shepherd, hearing his voice and following him as he leads you in paths of righteousness. And maybe there might be some people who are listening this morning and you've got off the right path. But you know, just like on your phone, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, if you make a wrong turn, Siri recalculates, and she'll get you back on the right path again. You know, the Lord is gracious. If you're on the wrong path this morning, you can turn back to him, and he will get you back on the right path again. You see, the first characteristic of sheep is that sheep are directionless, and therefore they need a shepherd to lead them. Maybe as you're listening to me this morning, you are spiritually dry and you need to surrender again to your shepherd. You need to surrender your life over to him so that he will lead you beside the still waters, so that he will restore your soul, so that he will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, you're a sheep and you need him to lead you. But the second characteristic of sheep that makes them vulnerable is not only are sheep directionless, but sheep are also defenseless. 
You know, if a sheep comes up against a coyote or a sheep comes up against a wolf, they've instantly lost because they have no defenses whatsoever. Uh, Anne Spangler, in her book on the names of God, she writes this, close to shearing time, sheep can become so top-heavy that they fall over and are not able to get up, making them easy targets for predator birds. Sheep, it seems, are a tragedy waiting to happen. You know, we often think that we are so strong and so powerful in ourselves and can cope with life, but all it takes is just one thing to happen in our life, and we realize how weak we are, how defenseless we are, and therefore we are sheep. And we not only need a shepherd to lead us, but we need a shepherd to protect us. In particular, we need a shepherd to protect us from the valleys of life, in the valleys of life, and also from our enemies. You know, I grew up uh, going to CYC camps, that's Christian youth camps, and that was just fantastic. I, I met a lot of beautiful young women. In fact, I, I met my wife at the CYC camp. And also, CYC camps were good because you were able to have a mountaintop experience with God. And there is nothing better than having a mountaintop experience with God where you, where you really sense that you know God and everything's going great in your spiritual life. But the thing about mountaintop experiences is you can't go from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop without passing through the valley. And at times, you will pass through the valley. But notice what David says in verse 4 of Psalm 23. He moves into the personal pronoun I. He says, For even though I, David, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, here's his confession. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, it was very popular to translate or to see this verse as referring to that moment of our death, when we come to death's doorstep, stop, and you know, knowing and ha not, being, not having to fear any evil because knowing that the Lord would be with us in that moment of death. But that, that phrase there, the valley of the shadow of death, it, in Hebrew, it's just quite literally a dark valley. These dark valleys were caused in Israel by large mountains and them blocking out the sun, and therefore, in, in, in the deep valleys, there would be no sunlight, and it would be quite dark. And this would be quite treacherous for the sheep, and predators could come out and attack the sheep. But notice what David says, I don't fear any evil. Why? Because you are with me. The presence of God in the midst of the valley means that there is nothing to fear. He says, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff could be used as an instrument of discipline for the sheep. If the sheep, if the sheep got out of, you know, went astray, then the, the rod and the staff could be used to discipline the sheep. But also, the rod and the staff could be a great comfort for the sheep because it be, could, could be used to ward off predators. And if the sheep got lost in a thicket, then, then it could be used to get the sheep out of the thicket. But not only is God's presence with us in the valleys, notice what David says in verse 5. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now here, David slightly moves the metaphor. He's been speaking of the Lord being a shepherd, but here he moves and talks about the Lord being a host. He's prepared a meal for David. But notice this meal is prepared still in the presence of his enemies. The enemies are there, 
But because the Lord is there, it's all good. You see, often God doesn't take away the opposition, but he just floods us with his presence in the midst of opposition. David says, you anoint my head with oil. Kings and prophets and priests were anointed with oil in the Old Testament, which was symbolic of the Holy Spirit being in their lives. And he says, my cup overflows. I have an abundance in the midst of the presence of my enemies. So you see, the key to overcoming fear is actually what you focus on. Do you focus on the valley? Do you focus on your enemies? Or do you focus on your shepherd? Do you focus on the Lord? You know, there was once this little boy, and he was taken with his father to a zoo. And they came across this big lion. And the lion let out this mighty roar, and the kid went running. He said, Dad, we've got to get away from the lion. And the dad said, I'm not going anywhere, son. I'm not going anywhere. And the son said, Dad, why aren't you running away from the lion? And the dad said, look again. Notice the bars, notice the cage. You see, fear comes from focusing on the wrong thing. Are you focusing on the lion or are you focusing on the cage? Are you focusing on the dark valley or are you focusing on your shepherd who is with you in the valley, who prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies? Fear is overcome by what you focus on. You see, sheep are not only directionless and need to be led by their shepherd, but sheep are also defenseless and need to be protected by their shepherd. And the promise of the scripture is that in every season of your life, the Lord, Yahweh Roy, your shepherd will be with you, there to protect you, there to guide you, there to give you joy in the midst of those situations. But the final characteristic of sheep that makes them particularly vulnerable is sheep are not only directionless and they are not only defenseless, but they are also very dirty, sheep are. You see, sheep, they have this uh, woolly coat and in the woolly coat gets filled up with um, debris, it gets filled up with dirt and, and it becomes quite disgusting. And so sheep need cleansing. And you and I are exactly the same. You know, we can think that if we delete our history on our browser, then we're all cleansed, we're all good. But it's still on our conscience. You know, there was this expression that came out of America, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's not true. You carry your guilt, you carry your sin on your conscience everywhere you go, and you need the cleansing of your shepherd. Notice David finishes this psalm in verse 6. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. The word surely there means there's no doubt. David is saying there is absolutely no doubt that goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Goodness, God's grace, his blessing, mercy, his forgiveness, David says, are going to follow me all of my days. Do you have that type of assurance that God's goodness and God's mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life? Where do you get that type of assurance? Well, you can either get that type of assurance from what you do. And many people, they, they, they find their assurance in what they do. So if they're having a good week spiritually, if everything is going well, then they feel like they're under God's blessing and they're forgiven by God. But when things aren't going so well, 
They question their salvation and they question whether God really loves them. Or you can get your sense of assurance, not from what you do, but from what is done to you, your, your circumstances. So if your circumstances are going really good, then you can think that God's mercy and his goodness are following you. But when you're going through a bad time, you can think, well, God hates me. But rather than getting your assurance from what you do or what is done to you, you need to get your assurance from what is done for you, for what your shepherd has done for you. You see, David was not a perfect man. He was far from it. He was a sinner just like you and me. He committed some pretty high-handed sins. But when he sinned, in, in a, with a broken and contrite heart, he went back to the Lord and the Lord his God cleansed him. He says in Psalm 51, cleanse me, Lord, and I will be clean. You know, Jesus, who was Yahweh in human flesh, he says in John 10 verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, if you need cleansing today, you need to run to Jesus and he will cleanse you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you of all your dirt. So sheep not only are directionless and they need a shepherd to lead them and sheep are not only defenseless and they need a shepherd to protect them, but sheep are also dirty and they need a shepherd to provide cleansing for them. And so what this means, therefore, is that since sheep are defenseless, and sheep, since sheep are, uh, are also um, directionless, and since sheep are dirty, that means that sheep are dependent and need a shepherd. I wonder, do you realize this morning how much you need a shepherd? You know, every single person has a shepherd. Someone or something that they're looking to to provide direction, to provide protection, to provide for them in their lives. Who is your shepherd? For King David, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And notice again what he says. He says, Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, I'm completely satisfied. Because Yahweh is my shepherd, I'm completely satisfied. You know, you can tell right now whether the Lord is your functional shepherd by whether you have peace in your heart, by how content you are. If you're not content this morning, then maybe something or someone else has become your functional shepherd. And you need to turn back to the Lord and surrender to Him again. You know, this passage really spoke to me this week because I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd of sheep. You know, one of the most powerful metaphors in the Bible for leadership is that of a shepherd. And uh, David was considered to be the shepherd of Israel. But David knew something very important. He knew something very, very important. He knew that even though he was the shepherd of Israel, he was also a sheep. And he needed the Lord to be his shepherd. You know, you might be a leader out there this morning, a community group leader or a, or a leader in school or something like that. You might be a leader, but... But man, I'm telling you, unless you have the Lord as your shepherd, unless you have the Lord as your shepherd, you won't actually find contentment in your life. You see, you'll find that you'll go through times of severe spiritual weariness, and that's when you need to turn to your shepherd, the Lord, and have him restore your soul. You'll go through many dark valleys, and that's when you need to turn to him 
and abide and, and see his presence with you and you will have enemies that will come against you and that's when you need to know that he is right there with you even though your enemies are still present. You will need to recognize that you are a sheep. You are dependent on him. So maybe this morning, maybe this morning as you're listening to me, there's some people who are out there who are listening to me this morning and you need to turn back to the Lord. You need to turn back to the Lord and you need to come back and surrender yourself again to him and receive his refreshing and cleansing grace. Maybe you've never turned to the Lord. Maybe for the very first time this morning, you need to turn to the Lord and receive him as your shepherd this morning. I want to pray a prayer right now. And if, you want to, if you're going through a dark valley, you don't have to go through that alone. Jesus can be there with you. And I want to pray a prayer. And I want you to ask you to pray this prayer along with me this morning. And I want you to receive Jesus into your life, maybe for the first time, so that he will become your shepherd so that you'll be able to say, like David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Let me pray this prayer, and you pray it along with me in your home this morning. Dear Lord, I recognize that, like Isaiah says, I have, like a sheep, gone astray, and I've turned to my own way. But I thank you that all of my sin, all of my guilt has been placed on Jesus. And now I can come back to you, Father, and I can know you, Father. And I can walk with you, Father. And I pray that you'd forgive me of all my sin. And I surrender to you afresh this morning. I want, I want to be led by you. I want my soul restored this morning so that I can walk with you. Yahweh Roy, the Lord, my shepherd. And it's in his name I pray.